we are live so hello and welcome to another episode of loose cannon uh this week we are going to be talking about the lucent tales which is a um a new lore book that you should be able to go and get if you haven't gotten any of you should be able to go and get them all right now uh there's like 10 lucent moths all around the throne world that you just go pick up and then just like the penguins just like uh the rabbits that's super blurry you can't even see it i don't know what the hell happened with my camera it is bugging the shit out of me though um you have to pick them up and then drop them off behind the area behind finch and they they like tell you where to go um yeah how how is that? How have your weeks been? Good. Good to hear. What was the name of the topic we're doing today again? We're we're talking about uh, the Lucent Tales. That's what they're called. Right? Now you got me. Now yeah. you got me concerned that I'm calling on something different. No, you're doing it. <laughs> what was it called again? I Lucent Tales. Woohoo! Oh, okay. I cut you off. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, right. <laughs> that derailed me, though. Um, so, yeah, this week, we're covering the lore book Lucent Tales, but we have a lore card, right? Yep. So, why don't we get into that? Okay. All right. So, <laughs> this... Uh, lore card is kind of a complicated one, but I ne- I, I made it. I simplified it for the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, last week's lore card actually was uh, Bel Air, but it technically was not like a lore card by lore card standards. It was you know a ghost ship or a ghost, and uh, it was just kind of put out there in. Uh, jest, but this one was the the week before. So if you're keeping up with lore cards, um, I'm gonna butcher it. <laughs> uh, it's to Kelly Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an it's a hunter ornament for the Star Eater boots that you get. You know the exotic hunter boots that I don't think many people use them. Honestly, I don't hear people talk about them all that much. Um, oh, these are the Star Eater scales? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, people still use them, but especially because of the Void 3.0 changes, it's like you're, it's better to use uh, Mobius Quiver uh, Orpheus rigs than it is to use Star Eater scales because Star Eater scales requires you to pick up orbs and have them ready for for your um the consumption of boosting the damage whereas orpheus uh, just gives you yeah, another yeah, volley yeah, yeah. always yeah like, yeah yeah which is odd <laughs> yeah i mean what? why why would they uh, anyway why would they do that well they made orpheus rigs and so originally it was uh orpheus rigs extends the deadfall anchor 
on what used yeah. to be the top tree and it gave you like three more arrows in your Mobius quiver. But now that it's volleys, it gives you a third volley. And right. so it, it used to not be prioritized over Starter scales when it was individual arrows because Starter scales was more efficient in that sense. But now, and actually I don't even think you would use it on a night stalker class like before void 3.0 you would use it with something like um actually no you would wouldn't you because you would still you'd probably want to use celestial nighthawk yeah because i mean celestial nighthawk is so much damage in one shot i mean instead of sitting there spamming golden gushing i don't know it's a it's a it's a weird one orpheus rig was like all i used when I got it when it first came out because of the amount of orbs mm-hmm. that you would get and just being able to get your super back so fast. Yeah. But then oh, they nerfed it. No, not Orpheus Rig. Did Orpheus Rig give you your super back? Is that what it was? When you would kill, the more kills you got, the more super energy you get back. Oh. And so when you would use Orpheus Rig originally, you know, with all the people that you anchored, yeah. if you killed them all, you would get just a ridiculous amount of orbs mm-hmm. so much that you would get almost your entire super back and you'd like have maybe one. And then you could pick up another orb just by getting a double kill. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have your super again. <laughs> you could just start over, mm-hmm. rinse and repeat. So if you were using a gun that dropped orbs and you were using Orpheus rig, you just pretty much got your super back every time. Originally, yeah. when it first. But then they nerfed it. You know, so, there, there's a lot of overlap like that with exotics where, where it's like, oh, this one gets you your super back. This one helps you do effectively do more damage and stuff like that. And so I've been playing um, Elden Ring and they don't have exotics. They have uh, talismans, which are just like add on things. And for yeah. a lot of builds, there's like, oh, use this talisman. It gives you plus whatever in all your stats. And I wonder if, if Bungie would ever go down that path. With an exotic where it's like, no matter what, yeah, no matter what, no matter what the stats roll on this exotic, you have like a plus 20 intellect, right? Like, where it's like, holy shit, this exotic covers your intellect stat. It's worth it. You know, that's not a bad idea because, um, like for all the, the exotics that get like glossed over, you know, that don't get used as much, if Mm -hmm. they had more of a, a, like a plus whatever, uh, to their not used usability, maybe people would use them more. Like Faux Tracer? <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you used that thing? I mean, I didn't even... I liked, the, I liked the look of it, and I used it like in vanilla D2, but that was really it, just for the look of it. And, you know, yeah. thinking about it, maybe that would be a pretty lame exotic, but remember they were talking about like exotic... Uh, masterworks for armor, like yeah. Having, like, in yeah. Dish, like there you go. Like you, sure. Your foe tracer, your your standard hunter exotics will probably want to be giving you more mobility. Some of them want to be giving you more melee. Some of them want to be giving you more uh, grenades. So that should be a an exotic armor masterwork achievement where it's like curated for the exotic so you take your lucky raspberry this will give you not plus 20 because that's ridiculous but this will give you plus 10 discipline this no matter what the stats are you get an extra chunk of 10 discipline yeah i like the sound of that 
same thing yeah, for shinobus. That, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And then, like, even if you don't particularly enjoy the exotic much, there's more of a usage for yeah. that particular exotic. Like uh, Aeon, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, those I mean, things are just... Yeah. All three of you, if all three of you in a fire team use them, it's ridiculously good. But, mm-hmm. like, when was the last time people used that? Oh, I mean, again, the, the people started using them again after the um, the change because it made it uh, a little bit more worth it. But mm. yeah, not not okay. many people. All right. Well, back to zero. the point of this segment. <laughs> so, so Star Eater scales when it first came out, I had no idea like what that meant other than. Because not even the lore card really, I mean, not even the lore really explained the name of Star Eaters other than, you know, the darkness and something, some entity is out there. And there's this particular individual on a ship, just adrift in nothingness that we know about on the Star Eaters scales lore, Mm -hmm. which is a good it's a good card. But basically, (laughs) at the end of it, it's like, yeah, you know. It's kind of like this is my story, and that's all it'll ever be because I'm not here, just abandoned nothingness. So whatever. That's kind of the feeling I got from the story of it. But I'm glad that this um, ornament came about because it kind of helps round that out or sand off the edges. <laughs> because now I kind of get it. If you look at the to Kelly Lee, I'm pronouncing it wrong. I'm sure. Um, if you look at the ornament. There is visual cues. Um, there is like these merman faces, but then at the top, you can almost make it out. It's a side profile of Cthulhu, and I was like, "Well, why, why mm. Cthulhu? Why? What does this have to do with Tekeli Lee?" Because every like, everything needs Cthulhu, no matter how they right? shoehorn it in. Everything is right. better with some Cthulhu. Okay, so here we go, right? Here goes the deep dive. So, Tekeli Lee is an ex- exclamation of woe and suffering. Uh, it means God is angry. <laughs> Originally, it was from Edgar Allan Poe's The Narrative of a, a. Gordon Pym. Um, the title of that book is ridiculously long. Like The title of that book is so long, it does not fit in a Twitter post. Which is hilarious. So people just call it um, the narrative of A. Gordon Pym. Um, it refers to the omen-like noise a bird in the polar land of Salal Salal makes some area uh, in Salal. <laughs> but there's this bird in that polar land that makes this noise um, to Kelly Lee. Uh, it was later used by H.P. Lovecraft within the Cthulhu mythos. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so here we go, right? Um, this is it's important to bring up Edgar Allan Poe because the origin uh, is necessary to understand, like, what the heck to Kelly Lee is from. Um, the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, this book was a departure from Poe's previous works and is still used today as a literary lesson. And that's very much true. So uh, if you're a writer, 
if you're uh, somebody who does, you know, storyboards, all that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a part of your lessons and studies and whatever education you went through, this book is a big part of your development because they use it as a literary device to show um, whatever they're trying to show, like teach you basic, you know, story developments and stuff like that. And we all know Edgar Allan Poe was the deep, dark poet that wrote really creepy-ish kind of dark poems that kind of got you at the core, right? Mm-hmm. But this book is ridiculously long. It has an insane amount of adventures that go on, and it has nothing. It has like no familiarity with what Poe ever did before, and. I'm assuming that this was his like attempt at becoming uh, a novel story adventure writer or something. I don't know, but at the end of it all, you kind of understand why Poe did this. And so um, the, the Arthur Gordon Pym is a character in this book. He's kind of like the, the, um, uh, the Indiana Jones in the, the character in this book. Um, but the tale is of Arthur Gordon Pym and his many adventures, which also inspired many later day authors. Pym is a stowaway on board a whaleboat, and everything goes horribly wrong. Some of the many scenes are cannibalism, the evil of men, mutiny, death, and disease. Um, it was written as if it was a diary that was handed to Poe at the last few chapters, and the last few chapters are torn out, leaving the reader with no resolution other than to assume Pim Poe's identity. So what does that mean? So basically, the the book is all about Arthur Gordon Pym going on these crazy adventures, but Poe presents the book as being a, a collection of diary tales that was handed to him, almost like Pym gave them to him. Mm-hmm. for him to share with the world and he made a book out of it right but then at the end of the book you're kind of left to feel like oh wait this is poe <laughs> so poe wrote this book so that people would get involved with the story of pym only to discover that poe and pym were the same person mm-hmm. at the end and you have no resolution at the end of the book because the last pages are missing well that's fun <laughs> Well, what's really messed up is like it's almost the biggest brickroll because you have this long, drawn out, like ridiculously slow. I wouldn't recommend anybody read this book, by the way. Ridiculously slow story development that goes on and on and on and on. And at the end, he's like, nah. you know, it's just like, nah, you get no resolution. So it's almost like the biggest brickroll joke of all, which I like. In a way, hmm. um, so that's Poe. So that's where to Kelly Lee came from was this this particular book. Um, to Kelly Lee is derived from the call of the white birds that flock around what is heavily implied to be a cosmic horror that resides at the South Pole. And there's like even drawings of it, and it's crazy. It's basically depicted as like death with a sigh and white cloth that's veiled over them and even the book um 
from really long a long time ago looks like the darkness statues that we see with the veiled statue blah 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 mm-hmm. it, it's funny because like there's some parallelism here um go ahead it just it makes me wonder because there needs to be something beyond destiny right like beyond yeah. the light and dark not beyond destiny um yeah. and it makes me wonder Bungie's philosophy has always been like, oh, we're going to plant these seeds and we're going to see if they grow. And I wonder if this could be one of those seeds. Or it could be nothing. I mean, yeah. it could be like it could be like Poe as Pym and he tears the last three pages out, which <laughs> which is hilarious to me because I feel like Bungie over the course of their entire history back catalog of games have done that to us every time they switch to a new franchise they just left the last one i don't want to say unresolved they just left it like what (laughs) where's the rest where's the end where's the conclusion did halo not have a conclusion i I honestly don't know i mean it's still going but no it never really had like a conclusion okay I mean, but not- Halo's a bad Halo's a bad example because when Bungie left Halo, they pretty much left it. They screwed it up before they left it because when they did Halo Reach, they no, I'm serious, they really did. When they did Halo Reach, they diverged from the canon, and that's why so many people got upset. Uh-huh. A lot of people got really mad with Halo Reach because Halo Reach was supposed to be like the prequel to all the Halos, uh-huh. and there were already books written. There was already canon and lore developed as to what happened before you started playing Halo. And when they went back and did Halo Reach, they were like, nah, no, this didn't happen, that didn't happen. And they just rewrote some shit right before they left. And so a lot of people got really mad. Yeah, you can't do because, that. Yeah, I mean, they got mad. And so that's why there's always been this like tear amongst the Halo community is to like, you know, don't touch the cannon, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I get it, but at the same time, I'm more on the entertainment side. I like to just digest and, and have fun, and I don't take it as seriously as a lot of people do. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm i more in that camp than, like, an aggressive, like, how dare you adjust yeah. this. Yeah. You know, I'm more in, yeah. as, as long as it, as long as it's fun, as long as it's yeah. enjoyable, I'm on board exactly. with you making some changes. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Same here. And but with Destiny, we've seen they've learned from a lot of their past mistakes. They've got a backdoor out of every scenario. And yeah. so and it's all perspective now. So they've got like this perfect uh canon lore see, architecture. It's like, it's like you can't you can't just say like, oh well that was just their perspective and they were wrong. You can't just fall you can't fall on that time and time and time again. Sure. You know, like sure it wears out. You have that. For the occasion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't just fucking lie to me and be like, nope. Because that's also not good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I didn't mean to bring that up to like dig at Bungie or nothing because I love the people. Yeah. Um, um, half of Bungie stayed and made 343. I say this all the time when we have the podcast. Hell, you'd think this is half of a Halo podcast for how much I talk about Halo. <laughs> but um, just to bring it up because people. Um, fail to acknowledge that half of the Bungie people stayed and made 343 and they're still there. And there's a whole bunch of new people at both Bungie and Halo that weren't there. And so all I'm saying is take it with a grain of salt 
and stop being so hard on people that are trying to make an, an entertainment yeah. entertainment for you you know i mean yeah. I, I get it like you read a book and that's how you read it and then you go see the movie and the movie sucks no 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 that's no, that's no, not no. fun that's not fun i get it but this is not the same <laughs> okay well here let me just ask really quick are we are, are we through the lore card because i'll take it off the screen no we're just about to get to the 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 actual part of it okay then but I'm it's not, quick i'm not even i'm not even gonna say what i was gonna say let's, let's okay well we'll hold it to the end Hold it to the end. Yeah. Because we're about to talk about HP Lovecraft. Oh, here we go. Okay. So HP Lovecraft used this as inspiration for his and only true appearance of the Shoggoths in this story mm-hmm. at the mountain, uh, Mountains of Madness. Mm-hmm. A mysterious white figure appears at the conclusion of the tale where it is uttered by Shoggoth. Shoggoth cried to Kelly Lee in the tongue of the natives that live in Antarctica. To Kelly Lee, to Kelly Lee, is used as an exclamation of woe and suffering. This led to our popular depictions of and representations of modern-day Cthulhu uh, mythos. Shoggoth can morph and take any shape. Uh, and this is from the book. It was a terrible, indescribable thing, vaster than any subway train, a shapeless congeries of protoplasmic bubbles faintly self-luminous and with myriads of temporary eyes forming and unforming as pustules of greenish light all over the tunnel filling front that bore down upon us crushing the frantic penguins and slithering over the glistening floor that it of its kind had swept so evilly free of all litter and so that's from H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mountains of Madness. And so people took that whole whole thing and created Cthulhu out of this. So if you ever wondered where the depictions of the octopus crazy, you know, monster looking thing with all the eyes, this is where it came from. And so uh, Cthulhu mythos is very much... Uh, this is the origin point. You said that was from um, the Mountains of Madness? Yeah, at the Mountains of Madness. Because yeah, I actually yeah, have... Um, yeah, this, that doesn't sound familiar. Or it sounds familiar, but it also does it there it is at the mountains of madness 723 i have uh what is it the the complete fiction of hp lovecraft oh rad that's cool yeah and i it's 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 one of those um uh barnes and noble like hardcover reprint deals where it's it's yeah it's bound in that like special style and all that nonsense i mean like Fucking worth sure. it because it's like twenty five bucks. Yeah, sounds cool. I haven't I haven't read it in years. I haven't like reread it in years. But I I am a big fan of um the the Cthulhu mythos. Not yeah, and a lot of people himself. are Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are. And what's funny to me is how much it's grown from mm-hmm. basically this one instance of a shogath mm-hmm. mentioning a slimy cr- a creature cascading down the mountain. 
and had this like tentacle like eyes form all this stuff and then people took that depiction and just ran with it mm -hmm. and so anyway and uh, that's that just really quick on the topic of lovecraft uh or yeah on the topic of lovecraft uh if you if you have access to uh h uh hbo max Everyone should watch Lovecraft Country. It is fucking amazing, and it's a shame that it's not getting picked up for a season two. Oh man! And like, shout out to uh, Jonathan Majors who was who played the the main character. He he did a fucking amazing job. It it was so good. And I don't want to say anything more than that for sure. anyone who hasn't seen it because I don't want to spoil anything. But it's an intense show on multiple levels. Like, okay, it it takes cool. it, it takes place uh uh. A number of decades ago and so it's not exactly the nicest time yeah uh so i guess well, I, trigger warning on that for some people who like aren't ready for extreme racism oh boy yeah it's some things i i never knew about and i was like i can't believe that was ever a fucking thing and that's horrifying and haunting in its own right it's triggering huh yeah like uh, aside what? from the Lovecraft-esque monsters and, and magic and all this stuff and old gods themes wo woven throughout. It's just like, yeah, and here's the real world back then. Isn't that oh, even man. fucking worse? And it's like, yes, <laughs> yeah, the, yes Sometimes is. truth is stranger than friction. You know, uh, to wrap all this up in a bow, when we got the... Um, when we got the Curse of Osiris weapons and mm -hmm. they said the ending of the Eldritch race. Oh, yeah. And now we're getting it. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting some Cthulhu and fucking Destiny. We absolutely we are. are. So that, you know, the people that wondering, like, where were these um, Eldritch people? You know, now we're kind of seeing that unfold with the Hive and how they're, they're coming to an end uh, because of the light. And there are no more Hive, no more worms, no nothing. So I'm really, I'm really interested to see where they continue with that. Yeah. So there right. you go. So, <laughs> um, let's let's get on to the. Lore lore are I never so know. Crazy. I never know how to transition. We need. We I know they're just nuts. What were we? Oh no, never mind. That was something different. Um, so. The lore book yep. Loose and Tales, as I mentioned earlier, you can get Woo! it by finding. <laughs> That's a DuckTales reference for anyone who's not getting it. Um, the, you can you you get this book by finding the Lucent Moths all around the throne world. They were time gated, but I don't think they're time locked. Whereas, yeah. um, you can go get them all right now. Did you miss a week? They're still there. It's not rotation time gating. Yeah. Which did you hear? I have to say this. Did you hear what they fucking did to Shattered Suns? No. So Shattered Suns, and I hope you got and I hope everyone listening got it. We talked about it, and I think when we talked about it, they had fixed it already so that you can't yeah. just go into do the, the raid and do it part. one yeah, one yeah, one yeah. one one. Um now you can't even do it solo. Huh? Yeah. You have like the only way to do it is you have to have assuming excuse me, assuming you have the five totems from the uh, preservation mission done, you have to do the raid 
five times and have your teammates help you to get it. No, like not the whole raid, just the beginning right. of the raid. You don't. You can literally okay. just go in with a buddy and do the same thing. But now instead of it being like, oh, well, it's a Sunday morning and my friends aren't on and I'm just killing time. I guess I'll knock this out. Nope. It's yeah. a slog. It's a slog, and it's a stupid slog because all it's all it's walling you from is getting a ghost shell. Ghost shells don't do shit. They just look cool. It's not, you know, it's especially like, like we said last episode. Especially now, when so many people have it, what's the yeah. point? Just give it to everybody. Let everybody get it. Who who are you protecting with this? Like, I'm sorry, but this is the ridiculous. people that cheesed it. I mean, who are you protecting? Yeah. It's so it's, dumb. It, it, it is like of all the things to fix. That's literally like the. <laughs> it's it is it's it's, and it's like I try not to be, I I, I try to be like critical without being an asshole. This is yeah. fucking like why? Yeah, it harms no, no one to let us farm it. Um, it's over. Yeah. So I hope I should have just it. left it. Yeah, that's 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 kind of a thing with the lore. What like. Um, occasionally lore will have these time gates and people will figure out how to cheese the time gate and then Bungie will fix it. And it's like, okay, well we cheese the time gate because we just want to get it done. Like it's here. It's on the internet. It's people who have done it every week, day, week by week, by week, by week have already finished it. The, the, in the intended finish date has been passed. Who cares how we get it? I know. So it's rough, um, but yeah, this one is not that case. I wish they were all like this. I'm perfectly fine with being like, you get two entries a week, and then it's like, next week you get two entries again. You missed the first week, go get them. They're right there. Week after, yeah. you get two entries, or even if it's one entry, you get one entry of the week. Next week, again, and so on. You know, with I, the just real quick, with these um, moth butterfly things, um, <laughs> My wife and I just found them all organically without even using any kind of guide or looking for them. Um, Just running around, having fun, playing the game. My wife is really good about, like, seeing everything and hearing all the little jingly noises. Mm -hmm. Me, I'm I'm in my own world. I don't know what happens. I just tone out, tune out or whatever. But we found almost all of them except for the one that is supposed to come out on a lily pad. I'm so not, that's the only one I haven't gotten. gotten I think yet. I think I missed a week or two, and oh. I haven't actually <laughs> completed it, so I haven't seen that one. But okay. from the the, I, I've definitely gotten like three or four weeks of them. So okay. from the weeks I've gotten, I would say all of them could be found pretty organically. The yeah. only thing that would stop you from getting them is that you've already gone through that area and explored that area, and then the moth yeah. is available. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. if I could have picked it up on my way through the first time, I would have had it. I'm not looking over there it, yeah. now. Yeah. Um, wasn't, the one, wasn't the one in the, um, the what's it called, the well encounter, the thing? Oh. The wellspring. Is, there's one in the wellspring? Yeah, isn't that what it's called? There's like one on top of a door inside one of the rooms. On I know the there's walls. a um, what the fuck is it? The uh, the rifts that you have to shoot. You shoot. Yeah. You shoot the uh the ground with the parasite grenade launcher, and then you have to close the rift by shooting it. There's that in the wellspring. I wasn't. I'm not sure if there is a lucent moth in the wellspring as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there is because when we were in there fighting on top of one of the 
the door things. My wife jumped up there and she was like, oh, look, I'm off. And like, we're getting destroyed. Absolutely. (laughs) There you go. Then we know there's one. But uh, yeah, so this book is interesting because back in D2, we actually got a book like D2 Vanilla. We got a book called uh, Ghost Stories and each story followed a ghost and and their experience with their guardian or without a guardian, however, however it went. And this one's kind of similar. Each entry is named after a ghost. So you have just to run through them. Uh, Pikmin 303, Krill, Yulok, Finch, Finch again, uh, Spectre, and Imaru. And so each one follows the perspective of the ghost. And it starts out with ghosts who are kind of like resentful to humanity. And then it it transitions into ghosts who are uh, aligned with the hive. And obviously Finch, who has his own uh, special special spiel so uh it's a it's really interesting book because it it offers an insight to the hive getting the light and also to why ghosts were even up for that in the first place like we've had i think it's actually in ghost stories there's an entry where a ghost is looking for their guardian and they they scan this pile of rubble and their guardian's there. Their guardian is under the rubble. And the thing under the rubble is a fallen captain. And they're like, oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember they're, that. They're they're like horrified at the yeah. thought of resurrecting this fallen captain. And they're like, but I have to do it. It's it's what uh, it's it's what's yeah. guiding me here. And they they resurrect the guardian beneath the fallen captain beneath yeah. the rubble. <laughs> and so not all ghosts are are like that, and so your first one is um the first one here is is Pikmin, and Pikmin is um a bit of a pretentious asshole. <laughs> he's he's very high and mighty with his with his speech, and it, like he he says, "I speak not as some superstitious provincial afraid of the dark, but as a ghost well versed in language of suffering." And he's he's basically um He likes his down. coffee he likes his coffee like he likes his thoughts. Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and he's he's basically looking down on the ghosts who are resurrecting a hive. But the the real interesting thing with him is that at the end he says i shudder at the ease with which my comrades ignore such basic logic this is the hive disciples of that unholy church which laid our creator low they struck for its heart and shattered a roaring conflagration into ten thousand motes flickering in the wind in their fervor they played midwife of a sort to guardians to ghosts to me cause and effect legacy is that what my fellow ghosts see? Why it feels right? Then, with their foundation of logic, what is my hesitance except some provincial superstition? Which goes back yeah. to the beginning. I speak yeah. not as some superstitious provin- provincial afraid of the dark, but as a ghost well versed in the language of suffering. And so, it does offer an interesting uh, kind of take on events where it's like. Yeah. Why were ghosts created? Well, the hive came to to the soul system and started to attack, and the traveler pushed everything back with the light. 
And then in that dying breath, released the ghosts, which created right. the guardians. Yeah. The the and here's the here's the 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 like text that you know we do acrobatics over. It's the ghosts were created out of the traveler's dying breath. And so ghost being created is like an ambiguous statement. Mm. So like even even ghosts have like a mysterious origin point. Yeah. Still do. Anyway. <laughs> um and so we we move on to the next ghost. Um and I you know, this is an interesting ghost uh because she's an actress but she ain't got no need because you know, she's got money from her parents and a trust uh trust fund back east. Uh this is 303. And uh she's a ghost. <laughs> She's the ghost who flies around with a group of other ghosts. Did you did you get that one? Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like one. they had to have been making that reference, right? Had to have. There's That's no such other a specific name. I I like I like when they do stuff like you know, like yeah, <laughs> like four hundred four. Where's 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 another one? There was actually a fucking another one that that got me. Um, was it? Did I did I mark it? I don't think I marked it. God damn it, I didn't mark it. There's another one that felt like another song reference. And I just I was like, what are they doing? Who's writing this book? <laughs> but um, the first one you were talking about, I was sitting there thinking, like, who who is this person they're talking about in from their life that they met and decided yeah. to throw in here? <laughs> Yeah, that is that is a person the writer knows. Like they're like, yeah, oh yeah, Steve, absolutely, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's emo Steve. <laughs> uh, but so, <sighs> in, in actuality, three hundred three is a ghost who searches for their guardian in a group of ghosts, and one of the ghosts in the group L finds their guardian, but three isn't pleased. Uh, she resents humanity for failing to defeat the the darkness the first time, and so. Uh, there's actually a pretty heated conversation. Uh, Paris goes over to three and they're like, uh, they're like, Oh, Trill, not L. Uh, Trill's founder guardian. Congrats. Come congratulate her. Anger flared. White hot. Congratulate. Are you, you know what? Fine. 303 swiveled back to the, toward the impromptu celebration and raised her voice. Hey, Trill, congrats on abandoning, uh, abandoning us all three. What? I'm so happy for her. I'm not resentful at all about the fanatical devotion to dead humans, the species who couldn't stop the darkness the first time around. Three, this isn't the time. When is the time, Paris? When are we going to start asking questions? Why did we just arbitrarily decide to dedicate ourselves to these squishy creatures forever? They aren't fit to hold the light. Three, can't you at least be happy for us? Troll's voice was soft. Three didn't respond. This was the way... This is the way we form a bigger family and serve a larger purpose. That's what it's all about. But maybe if after all this time you still can't share that with us, L paused. She'd often come so close to saying this, but always back down before. Then maybe you shouldn't search with us. And so, yeah. 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 Um, there, there kick are, rocks, fool. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's kind of the thing. Shake the spot. 
That's cold. That's kind of the thing that like Osiris was like really questioning about. Like, why do ghosts yeah. pick the guardians they pick? It like is is the traveler fallible? And it's like, yeah, clearly they Absolutely. are. They they've yeah. created these ghosts who will pick well, idiots. You know, um, so I can't find it now. Well, describe it. And I was trying. I was trying to find it. Um, the other day, and it bothered me so much, but then I just gave up. Um, do you remember in the lore the depiction of the inside of the Traveler as these hanging... <laughs> oh, do you remember? Okay, so there were like these... Um, and I, I'm going to use the wrong words that they used in the lore to describe them, but it was... The in, it was basically talking about what the inside of the traveler looked like with the floating, um, what we would we would assume would have been the ghost entities that were hanging in there, all a part of the collective inside of the traveler. And it was just des- describing that that warm feeling of being in there and almost like womb like, but with uh, hanging entities. God dang it! Where is I do, it? I anyway, do not remember hearing or reading that ever. So now I can't find it. And a lot of times when that comes up in lore or something reminds me of that in lore, I I feel like I somehow jumped (laughs) from one universe to another because now I can't find the damn thing. I think and I know I know it existed. I'm sorry. I don't think it does in the lore. There was something in the lore originally back in the D1. Only thing, the only thing I remember about being the inside of the Traveler is that it smells like vanilla, and that was from... Yeah, Traveler but even that, you can't find specifically that, other than, I can you know, find you guys... That. The, the one you can mask. find vanilla. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I can find yeah. the mask that says that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's all there is to find. Right. But why do we think... Okay, so why do we think the inside of the Traveler smells like vanilla? Well, because that's what Fincher said. Yeah, exactly. But this one that you're describing, I've never read. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. This is going to kill me. I'm sorry. I just never read it. What was the lore with Empyrean Bellicose? Um, it was talking about the Vex, wasn't it? Yeah, Empyrean Bellicose was talking about the um, the floating gardens of... Um, God damn it. I was really trying to remember. Blah, blah, blah. Without yeah. having to, to look it up. Floating... Because we got that one after the one that I'm trying to find. Pomona and I can't. Yeah, Pomona Mons. Which yeah. is the the um, mountainous range on, what yeah. you call it, Venus? Uh, yes, Venus. Uh, so yeah. the technology, this barely understood Golden Age technology once held aloft the floating gardens of Pomona Mons. Now it's stopping bullets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, nothing about anyway. nothing about the traveler though. I know I'll find it one day. I hope I do because it's it's interesting at least. It kills me every time I hear something that reminds me of that that lore I can't find anymore. Yeah, no, I know that feeling because I, I I experienced that too. Where I'm like, I know this fucking existed. Yeah, it totally did, and it's not exactly how I described it. You know, I'm making. Yeah. I'm making, you know, peanut butter out of the peanuts. 
right. Well, so the next ghost is a ghost named Krill, and they were named that because uh, in their first exchange with their their hive knight, they they claimed they were as small and useless as the weak pest that the hive evolved from. It's pretty fucked up. Like this thing just this thing revives you. Yeah, <laughs> you were dead. Way to go, jerk. Yeah. Uh, their knight was a, um, I'm not sure, actually, I'm not sure if they were a knight. Either way, their hive was named Ubartu Anna, and they were sick. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, they were sick, suffering from growths across their body, and after several biopsies, their ghost uh, made an incision in one of the cysts and a winged arthropod made mostly of energy came out, came flying out of it. And so when I first was reading this, I was thinking like, oh, is this like a new hive, a new dark power, like these growths, you know, thinking about the things we've seen on Presage and stuff like that. But when when it mentioned the winged arthropod, and then it goes deeper, saying... Confirmed, the wing arthropods, despite their energy structure, also contain hive cells. I theorize hive physiology, unaccustomed to light exposure, is attempting to isolate it like an infection. Light, structured as it is, organizes the discarded sebum with, within and forges it into imaginal cells, kickstarting a sort of hollow metabolism. Incred- incredible. The hive's body, own bodies transform light into a parasite. What a wondrous adaptation. So that's the, the things that come flying at us and explode. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, of fucking course the hive would do that, right? Like, who the hell else would? Yeah. But yeah, I was I was really thinking. I had it. I was, like, commenting on it. I was like, oh, my God. Like, growths that spawn creatures that we, we control. That'd be so cool. And then I realized light into a parasite and i'm like yep the, those are the 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 fucking i don't even know or do they actually have a name those little fucking pixie things that come flying out lucent moths are those also called lucent moths aren't they i think you're right yeah i hate them because you get because there's a bounty to kill them oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, like yeah, kill, yeah you're right, you're right, moths. right. Yeah, I, I fucking hate those things. They are they are such a pain in the ass. I love the I love the um uh the game mechanic though. That's fun because it's like one more thing to make your chaotic, you know, encounter more difficult or whatever. You've got to mm-hmm. like manage these little exploders because they'll catch you off guard if you're sitting there like zoned out, just funneling bullets into you know some baddies, and then all of a sudden these. <laughs> Your like health is getting down to just a sliver, and you think, "Oh, I can make it," and you try to duck around a corner, and all of a sudden, Bloop. yeah, I don't even know that they're coming for me until I'm already dead. <laughs> My wife's a titan, and she like plays exactly like a titan, and so I'm constantly shooting the moss off her back mm. around her. Me, I'm you know the typical chicken hunter back in the back with my scout or long range weapons, unless I just you know I'm. Go- don't care. No, yeah. go in with like an SMG. You but, don't. That's how. That's no, how sometimes, sometimes I just go in and just play like a titan <laughs> in a hunter suit. Yeah, but it's because of the invisibility. Because as soon as I'm about to die, I just dodge, run away. 
That's another hurtful thing. Like I haven't played in a while, but I saw what, I saw what they did with uh, suppressing glade, yeah. and it's like, why? It's a seasonal yeah. mod. Just let it be broken for the season. Yeah. Oh no, that was the point of seasonal mods, right? To to be yeah. to be a little broken because it's not going to be forever. And it's like, yeah, right. yeah, cool. It's fun for now. Yeah. Well, uh, the next ghost is a ghost named uh, Yulak, who seems to be very fanatical um, because they're speaking to their their hive knight. I'm pretty sure this one's a knight. I don't know. I just think all the hive are fucking knights, I guess. I, I'm, I'm not sure that this one's a knight again. But their name is Luzaku. And yeah. so... Luzaku is a hive guardian, a hive risen light bearer, whatever the hell the uh, the term is, and they are fighting a regular guardian. And they kill the guardian, and the guardian's ghost comes out and revives the guardian, and then they kill the guardian again, and they they grab the ghost. They're holding the ghost in their hand just like we do when we kill a hive ghost. And so the uh, Yulak is is telling them crush the ghost, end it, because if you if you kill it now, you'll be killing the potential enemies that you would you would face in the future, not just the enemy today. And Yulak hesitates, like curiosity, looking at the ghost, not sure what to do. And the ghost gets free, and Yulak or not Yulak, uh, Luzaku hesitates, and the ghost gets free, and Yulak is mad at them. And so yeah. this this entry kind of makes me wonder if it's supposed to be like a mirror to humanity who comes in, sees Hive ghosts, and without hesitation, it's like crush, you know, they're just going for it. And like, I think I think it was Savathun who actually even said, like, I'm surprised you were able to be so brutal. <laughs> like you just without hesitation, you just killed a ghost. And it's like that is probably one of the few blasphemous things that are seen by the light right like we're getting farther and farther away from the light with with beyond light happening um you know it's just we're accepting the dark and it almost feels like that's why the traveler accepted savathun to receive the light i took it it took me so long before i finally crushed a ghost i didn't have to yeah i didn't have to because your wife yeah, she was just crushing them left <laughs> and right. And I was just like, let me see how far I can go without actually crushing a ghost. I made it for, like, weeks. <laughs> but then, you know, the achievement popped up. It was like, you crushed so many ghosts. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Yeah, because it's... it's I didn't like touch proximity. any of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> that didn't work. Uh, and then a ghost we all know, and potentially like is uh finch he actually has two entries and so finch and several of the ghosts felt the pull to savathun's throne world is is her throne world called the high coven i meant to look it up right because oryx made the high war and she was like i'm gonna make the high yeah i think you're right i didn't ever bother to research that yeah because it's like i'm pretty sure that's right um and it just it, it felt odd to me that we don't call it the Hive Coven. We call it Throne World or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's the Hive Coven. Yeah. Uh, Savathun thought this was a great idea. She made a court called the High Coven. Zivorath said, the world is my court wherever there is war. Um, 
So yeah, Steve Rath, she loves to make war everywhere. So anywhere she pushes her throne robe would be Michael everywhere. Okay, so Oryx said, Oryx said, I shall establish a court, and whoever comes into this court may challenge me. My court will be the high war. It will be a killing ground and a school of yeah. sword logic we have learned from our gods. So no, it's not her throne world, but it's a section of her throne world then. Okay. Or maybe not even a section of her throne world, because that would just be... I mean, no, right? That's, that's weird. I don't know. Would it be... Because... Wasn't the high war that uh, public event space that you use the the runes, the Agronach rune and all that crap for? Yeah. And Taken King? Wasn't that the high war? I think so. Yeah, because I thought that was created by Zivu. No. Uh, or is that the, the court... high war? Yeah. And Zivu. That, that... Sorry? No, go ahead. Uh, Zivu didn't have a court because she was just like, the world is my court. Okay. Odd. It would be interesting if we fought Sabathun in the High Coven and like following that, that logic, like having a place where people can come challenge her. But either way, either way. Um so they, they felt the, the, the call to Sabathun's throne world and when they got there they witnessed the light surging across the place, beating back the darkness, and so that's an impressive thing to see. And then one by one, Ghost started to find Hive and resurrect them. And Finch is the last one. And he finds a knight. And this time it is actually a fucking knight. Um, and he finds his knight. And he knew the knight was his. And he hesitates because he's like, but they're the Hive. Like, we shouldn't be doing this. But all the ghosts around him are just like kind of staring at him like, this is what the Traveler wants. Who are you? Who are you to question it? You know, like, this is what you're here for. And right. his choice was basically resurrect this hive knight or have another hive knight kill him. <laughs> so uh, Finch decided to resurrect his hive knight and it felt wrong when he did it, but it was too late. And so, uh, so I shared my light. So I shared my light. Who wouldn't a couple hundred of your closest friends bearing down on you and a hive shredder waiting. If you say no, I shared I reached into him, touched something deep, and what he offered back, it wasn't light or dark. It was cold. It was wrong, and I knew it would fill up whatever empty cracks in me the light left behind. And I chose to make it a part of me. To be half a fool's whole. Sorry. I chose to share my soul with a monster. And the thing is, you can't be just part monster. Yeah. Why not? I mean... You're either a whole monster or you're not a monster, right? That's that's I the guess. logic he's saying. Yeah, you I can mean see that... the logic. Everything. It's it's that's that's the fallible nature of creatures bound by <sighs> the environment. Um, they often choose one hard uh, example of the other, so it's either black or white. It's never many shades of gray. Makeup the particular survivalist at that particular point in time. It's always got to be my side or your side. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't like a gray area. I'm just saying in this case, I agree with Finch. 
Well, you, you're forced to. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to, because what's your perspective as, like, a guardian? Yeah. But, sorry for yawning. Um, Finch goes on. He has a second entry. Um, Finch is, because now, Finch is risen, uh, killed a guardian, and then heard ghost. And this is, like, way too far for Finch. He he felt it. He knew it was wrong to resurrect them. He did it anyway. And now they, they killed a ghost. The guardian's never coming back. The ghost is never coming back. And so he refuses to revive the Hive Knight when they die the next time. And while they're dead, the knight actually can communicate with the ghost, saying, like, bring me back, bring me back, which is something that we never knew before. That's, that's kind of trippy. Yeah. And uh, so Finch doesn't understand how Savathun was actually seen as worthy for the light, but it's it's clear the knight isn't. And Finch plans on finding out how Savathun tricked the Traveler. Like, he, he says things like... um. Maybe it's just the obvious. I mean, the Hive don't accept gifts they take. Maybe the Traveler was tricked. The end of some long con. The Traveler isn't just some dumb orb ripe for grifting. Gaul found that out the hard way. There's got to be more to it. I have to dig deeper. And if joining you damned me, well, hell, sounds like a good place to start. I'll find out how she did it. And I don't care how much you try to change my mind. You're staying dead. You hear me? You made me a monster, remember? Don't you don't get to cry about it when I act like one, which yeah. is is a fucking great line from Finch. Just like talking to this knight, being like, "Resurrect yeah. me." <laughs> no, yeah. no, you sit there in your pit of hell. Yeah. Uh, just sit suck. there, sit there, and watch me help all these guardians come get bounties. And deep, deep sight, tier three. Yeah. Uh, I'm working with the light guardians. Here we go. Hmm. Oh, by the way, yawning <clears throat> scientists um, believe that yawning is connected to your brain overheating. So it's like turning on the air conditioner briefly because you're inhaling tons of oxygen to help support your overloaded brain. It's not necessarily a fatigue or tiring thing. It's uh, it has to do with like just mental capacity being over overloaded. No, I think I'm just tired. Well, it happens when you're tired too, because at the <laughs> end of the day, at the end of the day, it's harder for your body to keep up uh, with, you know, keeping your brain cool, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the beginning of the day. Because you're fatigued. Yeah. So I don't um, take you on person. That's for sure. Yeah. There is an interesting line though um, in this where Finch said, "You were the only one." Uh, let me let me start from the beginning. I gave you a part of me. I let you make me worse so I can make you better. You were supposed to understand. You were the only one who ever could. So we kind of we we still have this question of can a ghost resurrect a second person? And in my opinion, the answer is no because there are guardians out there who are like heroes and all these ghosts who don't have guardians. Why would they not just Go oh oh he his right, ghost died. Yeah, I'm let me pick take up the guy and say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense to me that a ghost can have a separate guardian, and people mm-hmm. love to throw that curse of Osiris, not curse of Osiris, that that Osiris uh, pigeon and phoenix lorebook entry at me, where Osiris kills the guardian and then asks the ghost why they chose them, and they ran off, and Segura says he ran off to find another one, and the 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 guardian in question that Osiris killed 
did not seem to possess any powers of light. So yeah, we don't know if yeah. they were risen. Could have, could have just been there with them. Yeah. It's like, hey, when you get hurt in fighting because we're using swords, I will heal you, living person. Yeah. How is that? Like, we'll we'll make this we'll make this living person contract between you and me. And yeah. yeah. So And then just see you later. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe the ghosts could have risen them uh after they were killed by Osiris. You know it's funny, it's like Sabathan's ghost is out there somewhere. And so we're going to get to them, um, but before them, we have Spectre, who is a ghost detective, which is yeah. funny. <laughs> this is cool because it goes into the um, the seasonal um, playing, the, just the fun part about the whole Witch Queen of, in uh-huh. and of itself. The armor, the weapons, the the lore, the, the fun, fun running around. It's detective, right? You're a detective, mm-hmm. you're doing this, that, and the other, and... All of the items are named accordingly, and mm-hmm. even the lore uh, is written as if you're like a cop or a yeah. detective or you know whatever an agent out in the field investigating. Yeah. So, uh, Spectre, as I said, is a ghost detective, and I'm pretty sure they have a hive. I don't know why they're not using the hive. They uh, they mark they they mark their their days by calling them post illumination day. So it's post illumination day 17. So it's just, just after two weeks of Sabbath and getting the light. So if, if she got the light immediately, like if season of the lost ended and then witch queen began and we're following real timeline, um, two weeks after February 22nd. Right. So you take it, yeah. uh, March 8th plus three, March 11th. So on March 11th, basically, is what this is saying, at 10.23 a.m. or p.m., because apparently they have fucking time in the throne world as well. That's something interesting. They arrive on the scene. The victim is a thrall, no identity, cause of death, fractured neck due to blunt force trauma, traces of light detected. Nabenki interviewed the primary suspect. I prefer talking to their own and don't respond to things, even things that bring them back from the dead. Overheard confession. Suspect is Knight, identified as Uruk Thalen, victim's commander. Reported that when his ghost detected light within the victim, Uruk Thalen executed him for theft, open and shut case. The next day at... Okay, so it is 10 in the morning. The next day at 1.44, because they use 24-hour clocks. Um, yeah. Three more deaths fitting same pattern. Internal artifacts of light. Victims summarily executed, but circumstances raise more questions. Thrall don't partner with ghosts. Should be unable to receive or carry light. Nabenki tasks to investigate suspects in organized smuggling ring. Potential human or fallen infiltration. Uh, at 2.57, same day. They encounter the thrall, no identification, classified person of interest seven. It uh tests confirmed traces of light. Benki applied standard hive interrogation techniques, extracted confessions after extended session. Person of interest seven admitted to stealing light, keeping it in urns, also implicated a superior acolyte. Doesn't add up. Uh at seven twelve, same day. Uh requested time alone with suspect to establish rapport. Nabenki hesitant, doesn't like being spoken to, unbidden, but acquiesces. 
person of interest seven admitted to giving false confession in the end to end visceral hive interrogation claimed complete ignorance to the light's origin in its system when asked about unusual act- unusual activity reported that his symbiote feel sated without need for bloodshed or tithing uh 20 mm. minutes 20 minutes after that, consulted Nabenki for context regarding tithing. Apparently, high function on the system of energetic kickbacks paid up the ladder ending with Queen. Would have been useful to know earlier. Suspect this, ne- suspect this network may be impacted by introduction of light. Nabenki confirmed light exhibits a negative pressure within the system, maybe pushing trace amounts back through it. Have submitted theory to our commander. For further investigation, partner acknowledged me this morning, established eye contact, potential illness. Uh, this is the next day at 6.30 in the morning and then at 7.42. On my recommendation, prison of interest seven executed for perjury. <laughs> Which is the funniest yeah. fucking line. Like they, <laughs> they have a fucking court system in, in seventh and throne world. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Executed for perjury. Yeah, so we I wanted to read that one because this was just like such an interesting style of lore entry. Yeah. Like I've never we've never seen one like this. And it's a really fun one. Um it's almost like evidence being uh presented at a court. Yeah, exactly. In it, yeah. And so um, there's a few things in this entry. The other week I mentioned, uh, I w- how I was wondering about how hive biology works now that they've accepted the light. So hives start as a thrall and then they grow into an acolyte and the acolyte grows into either a knight or a wizard. The third yeah. morph that we know of is the king morph, which obviously no acolyte would be permitted to taking. Um, but now we see, and I also asked if there were any Thrall risen. We now see that Thrall are just, like, not allowed to be chosen. There's, like, a, a blanket yeah. ban on Thrall. But that still doesn't answer what happens with an Acolyte. Are they forever an Acolyte, or can they still become a Knight? And it's, like, the reason we don't see a Knight using... uh hunter moves is just for the simplicity of it you know okay knights are titans they use void warlocks are are wizards or warlocks they use arc hunters acolytes are hunters they use solar just keep it keep it simple so people see it they say acolyte solar hunter done like they they can identify the threat as opposed to acolyte well it could be one of nine options and i have no idea which one it's going to be today yeah, um, I always so, assumed in the lore that the acolyte was the 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 fork in the road for the hive, and well, so yeah, once they, they became yeah, so they can either be you know wizard or knight, mm-hmm. depending on how they want to tithe for the rest of their existence. Yeah, and it just it makes me wonder if an acolyte is arisen, do they still evolve? Is their evolution now ceased because they they have the light? Like, yeah, I, I guess I, so. I don't know. It, it's funny though that like if you're trying to correlate it with guardians, it makes it makes you feel like hunters are just like not making a decision. <laughs> I wouldn't look into it that deep. I know. I just it makes you feel like if you're trying to do one to one comparisons. But the other interesting thing is that the thrall 
despite now being a loosened hive, I'd imagine actually, are are the loosened hive only the guardians? I thought the entire brood were loosened hive. Yeah, it seems like they're all loosened hive because they have the loosened moths that go yeah. from one to the other. When you kill one, though, if you don't shoot them, they'll go to another if there's another nearby, and imbue them with light. But so in that case. This thrall still has his worm. It still has the symbiote, but it feels sated without the need of bloodshed or tithing. So it, yeah. it's like Savathun no longer has her worm. We we took it from her. But yeah. everyone else still has their worm. Has their worm. Whether yeah. they're risen or not, it seems. Interesting. Yeah. That that's one of the things that like that really had me excited with this season. Uh, as I as I started thinking about it deeper, just like how how do they work now? Like they yeah. they have the light. Like with humans, we have similar questions. It's like, do they eat? Do they sleep? Do they go to the bathroom? Can they have kids? Do they age? Right. You know, like now now different questions have to be applied to the hive. Yeah. How do you poop? I mean, do they? Did they do in the first place? Yeah. Cause or is seems... it just pretend at this point? I mean, it seems like they're if they're tithing, right? Is that not? Yeah. They're pooping. I guess they're pooping out. Pooping pooping, out tithe. They're pooping up to a, they're pooping up to Sabathoon. I mean, I I mean, we poop orbs. Yeah, that's true. I guess orb poop is everywhere. Motolite. Remember Motolite? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And that brings us to the last ghost in this entry, Imaru. And so, Imaru's... This this is, like, a really interesting take. Because we, we don't just see Imaru. Obviously, we see Savathun. And hold on so, under your butts. So Amari is like just watching guardians kill Lucent Hive up from the wellspring overlooking Seventhun's throne world. And it says, uh, he huffed and shuddered, trying to remember how to speak as he watched the guardians unprovoked assault in their ascendant plane. No better than scorn, he growled. Savathun turned from the honey-sweet music only she could hear and stroked her ghost. Ah, child, loyal as you are, you still see you still only see their actions, not the chains that drag them to inevitability. Just as hive must test, humans must control. And failing that, attack. You must not take it personally. Attacking the unknown is their nature. We ghosts ain't unknown, Amaru pulled free of her f- affections. We lived with them, saved them. Now they're ripping through us, damn ungrateful if you ask me. Surely you don't believe they're punishing you for disobedience. Aren't they? His voice was dark and hard, and he paused to recenter. Everyone, fallen, vex, even hive. Every last one of them knows not to shoot. You don't shoot the medic. But nobody told these jokers, apparently. Your anger is understandable, the witch queen pulled Amaru into her embrace once more, and slowly he shivers. Slowly his shivers of rage calmed. Humans fear death, and you were suckled on their teeth. But the hive no death as the unseen sister. It is she who welcomes you home to rest and who allows you to aggress when you prove able to take it. 
Amaru stared out into the silence at the distant flashes of battle. Sister or not, it's time we push back. We got anything they like they got? A ghost killer? The Hive <laughs> uncovered such weapons long ago, but may have found them distasteful. I suppose we could recover the magics, but surely you and your fellows would see such tactics as an abomination. Amaru turned back to the face the flashes of rifle fire on the distant shore. Not anymore. Yeah. So. Uh, Sabbath Day. Go on, go on. I was just going to say, when Amaru speaks, it reminds me of some of the writings John Goff did. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Got oh, that western, say. that western, you know, plains gunslinger vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of see that. What I'm more taken aback by is Sabathun's take on all this. Like, she's not even yeah. mad that we're, we're killing Hive. No. She's like, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's a part of the... But that 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 that's that's their nature. Like, they kill each other constantly. It's just... But so it's a part of... It's a part of the... Look... It's a part of the whole indoctrination of the darkness and them saying, you know, what is allowed to survive is it, it, whatever is at the end was allowed to survive by sheer brutes, brute force, right? It's the brute force of the internet or the, the universe. It's the thing, it's the thing that Tolan talked about in D1 Grimoire. You know, it's the, the atoms, you know, and and just survival of the cell, and so she just sees it as like, yeah, it's um, it's a harsh reality, but it's a necessary. Do you remember? It's cold. <laughs> okay, darkness three. Um, okay, so. What I think this is kind of implying, and it goes back up to the uh, entry about uh, Yulok and their ghost Lukazul, Luzakul, who did not kill the the Guardian's ghost when they had the chance. So I think, and and Baxter said he was going to write something about this, but he still fucking hasn't. So now I'm going to have to talk about it here. This is a little bit though. So in the Ghost Fragment Darkness <laughs> 3, of course it says, of course it might be that there was another country with other queens, and in this country they sat down together and made one law and one tower and one yeah. army to guard their borders. So this is the dream of small minds, a gentle place ringed in spears. Uh, but I do not think those spears will hold against against the queens of the country of armies, and that is all that will matter in the end. And um Damn it, that's not. And then Zavala says, uh, the dream of the city, its walls keep it together, its spears, the strikers are what keep yeah. it alive. Yeah. And there's another one. And I cannot remember where the fuck another one is. Because I, I could have sworn it was in. Um... So good. Um, not a little bit evil. Not a little bit evil? 
Yeah, that's it. Oh my god, holy shit. A little bit of gray. Everyone else is so good. That I can afford to be a little bit evil. Do you remember where that's from? Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh I dog it. You'd think I'd be better at this by now. Okay, there it is. There it is. Here here we go. It's from um the book The Wager. Or it's from the book Unveiling. It's the entry The Wager. And yeah. they say, Here I prove myself right. Here I wager that given power over physics and the trust of the absolute freedom, people will choose to build and protect a gentle kingdom ringed in spears. Not yeah, fall to temptation is. and not surrender to division. And never yield to the cynicism that says everyone else is so good that I can afford to be a little evil. Be a little bit evil, yeah. yeah. That and came so, up in a tweet. Yeah. And so... um that's the traveler's position on all of this, right? And so mm-hmm. Toland in Darkness 3 talks about the darkness's position and then ends it yeah. with the traveler's position saying the traveler can't win. And Zavala right. also alludes to that traveler's position as well. Right. And we are no longer the gentle kingdom ringed in spears because we are accepting the dark. We are we are exactly out, you know, we're doing the games. queens of armies are in. Yeah. They're in our court, they're in our um they're in our circle of, what do you call it? Circle of. I don't know. I don't know where you're going with it. They're in. They're in. They're part of the inner circle now. Yeah. Like, like because we have, we have. Okay, we have Mara. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, Keitel, and now, something or other, something, something, Sabathun. But more specifically, I think that Sabathun. Like in her her plea to the travelers, she was like, "I'm going to build the gentle kingdom ringed in spears, and yeah. I'm going to be so good that I don't, I will not let myself be a little evil." And we're kind of proving her right, and that's what she's holding here. That's what that's the yeah. power that she's going for here. She's looking at guardians killing her people and being like, "What can you do?" You know, yeah. I just because I'm not going to fall for this. Yeah, yeah. And, you're right. And 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 Amaru, ironically, is taking the opposite end of that, where it's yeah. like, yeah, sh- I guess we can we can be evil, and Amar, but isn't that bad? Like Savathun basically said, I guess we can be evil, but isn't that evil? And Amaru's like, not anymore. And it's like, oh, okay, Amaru. yeah, wait a minute, yeah, come on, Amaru. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of it, it's kind of like sh- it just shedding a light on the. On the um, hypocrisy yeah. of fighting for the light, <clears throat> and you know, I think I, I really don't think the light is going to win in the end. I, but I also don't think the darkness is going to win in the end. I think that's kind of where we're heading. Where, yeah, where uh, who was it? Was it Ulan Tan that made symmetry? Yep, yep. Ulan Tan. And so I think that's kind of where we're heading. Where we're going to define that neither dark or light is the correct path. Both are the incorrect path and it's the path in between that is the correct path. Yeah. I think that's what the final shape will conclude. Yeah. I think you're right because, you know, 
it's all about ascension and Mm -hmm. the wrestling between the two different, you know, okay. So I go all the way back to D1 and I think of the yin and yang representations of the light and the dark and how, uh, early on in the lore, they expressed to us that the, the, the battle between light and dark is contained within, uh, a vessel. Right. And so in order for that vessel to, uh, move forward, there has to be that conflict, that churning, that spinning motion of one following the other. Mm-hmm. But the light and dark are not separate entities. They're a part of a greater. And so that greater is the, if you look at the yin and yang, what is holding it? What is holding it together? And it's that circular vessel that they reside within to move forward. And so um, there is a there's an old there's an old um saying uh and i'm gonna butcher it but it's called it's a titan mark and it's called ultimateless Mm -hmm. and it's when you when you are able to ascend your physical realm when you're able to ascend your body your vessel it is very much from the evolution of your mind and your spirit and your body becoming one and the ability for you to ascend to the heavens is, is attaining ultimateless. Mm-hmm. And so how do you get there? And it's by being at peace and symmetry within the universe of all of those competing forces that are, are, you know, just churning about when you can accept and have enough knowledge to rise to the heavens, you become a part of, you don't become a god, you become a part of the god particle, or the god being, or the ascension into the next realm. And so there are stages of heavens, right? And so, for you to ascend this mortal shell, and to go on to the next, you have to learn all the lessons. Mm -hmm. And then the only way you're going to get there is with this battle, with this constant you know, struggle to survive because that's how you learn. Mm. So the final shape could very much be just, you know, something, something Ulan Tan said that we just glossed over. He was woke. And I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean to imply that he was exactly right. You know, no, no, because he was, he was a fallible creature just like we are. I mean, he obviously, he obviously saw, I mean, he obviously saw a, a semi-nihilistic viewpoint. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, uh, do you have any anything else that you want to say on the topic? Um, no, I think uh, that just like I think it's interesting that we've gotten this far in yeah. this uh, because. You know, we got we got the ghost stories, which were like a Garnian perspective mm-hmm. of of what's going on with the light and the moral, you know, um, the conundrums that we encounter, the, the blah blah blahs, the the like writing. What is this? What is going on? You know, amongst guardians and how they work and take. And then we get this kind of like not really polar opposite, but we get this other perspective uh, from another side of the coin. And then you get like ghost wrestling with their 
you know, morality or whatever. Like, wh- am I the bad guy? Am I the good guy? Or is, are these the bad guys? Or are we the bad guys? Who's the bad guys? Like, why does? And then you know, you kind of have Sabathun who has this like, you know, this other position that is above all that. She feels she's above all that, and mm-hmm. she's kind of attained this knowledge that, you know, what uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter in the end you know and like if you if you see other representations of that position of that authoritarian position that mantle of responsibility that Sabathun has Keitel has even Zavala somewhat has uh, Mara definitely has their viewpoints can seem very cold but at the same time, they're taking on that mantle of responsibility in that authoritarian uh, position where it's almost a necessary, it's a necessary, you know, they're, they're like, they're taking the wheel of the trolley problem, you know, and they're mm-hmm. trying to make a decision that works for the masses that they represent. And then, you know, we're here as guardians wrestling with our own demons, or we are the demons in, mm-hmm. in perspectives of other people. And uh, and so now we're kind of like collectively having to work with a lot of the people that we were at we were fighting with. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've embraced this whole other side of the darkness and we're having to rationalize why are we using the darkness? How does this how does this help us? How does this change us? How does this define us? As yeah. a as a guardian, and uh, I would like I would like to see in the future um, Sabathun something something be a part of the Ring of Spears, and then you know it's very much us against what the witness represents, and then that ultimate collision happens, and then now we're all like, wow. Well, maybe the I would like to see more of uh, of this change that's happening so like it i i guess i just kind of wonder because we have lightfall and then we have final shape and those are the two bigs right and it's like Mm -hmm. i guess final shape isn't even the end of the light and dark saga right because that would be a little ridiculous wouldn't it if it or would it do are they set up to go all out on like a big finish final shape expansion this is it this is the this is the end point of the light and dark saga right here and then you have the following year kind of ease you into what comes after like or, a whole other thing yeah like so like yeah. season so like final shape plus that season is it this is it. This is yeah. this is it in the epilogue. The season is the epilogue and the aftermath yeah. of, of the final shape. And then the season after that starts transitioning transitioning you into what comes after final shape and the season after that yeah. and the season after that. Yeah, that would be cool. And then it's post light and dark expansion time. Or yeah. what I've always kind of felt they had to do with this setup and actually maybe that's not true anymore as I, as I just described a, a potential um, final shape, isn't the end. It's this, the following seasons that is the end, but I don't think that would work as well. Now that, now, mm. now that, now that I'm saying it. Yeah. See, a part of me just wants to believe that it's all going to bleed into some other game. <laughs> 
I hope it doesn't bleed into some other game, but I hope Destiny evolves into some other game. Yeah, that's what I mean, I guess. I, that's what I, I mean, I think as fans and, you know, the collective community would want to see is it evolve into something else uh, greater than Destiny and become something else. Not necessarily abandon Destiny, but just become something else. And, you know, um, you know, maybe, maybe actually, and this might be like a harsh thing to say, I guess a part of me almost hopes that I know it won't be, but I guess a part of me actually wishes that it would be the end, that final shape would be the last expansion. And like, and that's it. This is final shape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've done that time after time, so it wouldn't be surprising, I guess. But it's, it's nice to get when, when shows, when books, when movies, when, when things, and I guess it's probably most prominent with shows because it's, it's harder to cancel a movie than it is to cancel a show or yeah. It's harder to cancel a book than it is to cancel a show, I should say. Um, yeah, when, definitely a book. Yeah. Uh, when a show has its end and they're like, this is our end. This is a hard stop. There is not going to be something after this. Or maybe there's something after this, but we don't really care about that. You know, we're giving you an end. It's much more satisfying than when a show has like that, like ambiguous, like, oh, and it's kind of yeah. just a season finale and it. Or even worse, when it's like, oh, and we're going to have another season? Oh, we're not? That's that's the yeah. absolute worst. Yeah. Like, God damn it. I, Infinity Train, uh, once again, HBO, uh, if you're listening, and I know that you are, give me more Lovecraft Country and give me more Infinity Train or go fuck yourself. Because... They're, they're and that's our show. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing properties that, that need conclusions need better conclusions yeah. not better conclusions yeah. need the conclusions they deserve uh and and i feel like destiny continuing beyond light and dark kind of enters that muddy water territory where it's like oh well, yeah. what is gonna happen like i'm excited but i'm also nervous because it's like i i part of me this wishes it could just be like and it's over yeah i get the feeling <sighs> But yeah, uh, what I was trying to say, we we completely derailed. What I was trying to say is, Witch Queen Beyond Light had the big moment, right? It, oh, the the pyramids are here. We have stasis. Witch Queen has the big moment. Savathun has the light. Oh, what, what's happening? Lightfall. What's its big moment? Final shape. If it is the end, that's its big moment. But Lightfall is yeah. this big question mark, right? Like, what yeah. the fuck is Lightfall going to do? But yeah, um, super excited for the future of Destiny, as we always end our show saying. Um, next week, our next show will be on the 24th of April. Uh, there are several books left to read. Uh, Acts of Mercy, Quintessence, Minimanism, Minimanian 9, and um, Martian Missives. So we have plenty to pick from. Uh, if you want a specific book, at us, at Loose Cannon Show, you can get it same as the Twitter or same as the show here on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show. Uh, if you came in late, you can uh, find it on YouTube. It'll be uploaded shortly. If you don't want to watch, you just want to listen. It'll be posted everywhere uh, podcasts are. Even shorter than YouTube because YouTube takes forever to upload. Bye. Okay. Yep. Bye, oh, everybody. Well, bye. <laughs>